0: Briar Moss can curse in five different languages. We mostly curse in English, so if you're listening around English speakers, you may want to make sure they're okay with curses. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple, I'm Molly.
1: I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin.
0: And today we are recapping The Will of the Empress.
2: So grab a cup of coffee.
0: Or a tea. Or your drink of choice.
1: And let's talk about what we want.
0: Since this is a recap episode, we're running things a little bit differently. We don't have a summary. If you want the summary, go back and listen to season nine. Boop, boop, boop. Uh-huh. Got him. <laughs> Instead, we're just going to kind of discuss the book. I've got some questions that I literally just sent y'all. So my first question for you is, what is your biggest takeaway? Well, I'm going to go first anyway, just so I can sing it again. You can't always get what you want. So true. Berenine tries so hard to like force these kids to stay. And it's really in trying to force them that she loses them. Similar, Sandry has all of this where she's trying to hang on to these lands desperately and then has to figure out, you know what? You should just give them up. It would be better off. You, You would be better off. The people would be better off. It's going to be better for everyone.
3: I don't know. I feel like the Empress kind of, in a way, gets what she wants
0: because she wanted
3: the money to stay in Namor. And with Sandry giving up her lands, the money is going to stay in Namor. She kind of got what she wanted. She didn't get it through Sandry, but she does get it through Ambrose. So
0: she does get that. But she also loses because she also wants the four of them to stay there because they're powerful mages. And she loses that opportunity. You can't win them all. Right. Right. I'll talk more about this later, but the book is very much about compromise.
1: Yeah. Uh, My big takeaway is that sometimes you judge yourself harsh, more harshly than your friends do. You might think, oh, I did a thing or I did a little faux pas and like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. What are my friends thinking? Are they going to be mad at me? I'm embarrassed. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. And talk, talk to them. If they do judge you harshly, maybe they're not really your friends. But uh, if they care about you and know who you are, it's like, talk to them and be, they'll, they'll be like, oh, oh, that time you you fucking vomited all over me. Oh, yeah, whatever. It was fine. It wasn't a big deal. Not that I would know from experience or anything. But um, yeah, it, don't judge yourself so harshly. Most other people won't.
2: Mine was support each other. Talk to each other. Whether that's like your friends, your spouse, your family, whatever. Talk to them about stuff that's going on in your life. And if someone talks to you, support them. That could be anywhere from just listening to them, maybe helping them come up with solutions to the problem. Or, I mean, it sometimes is just enough to be there. You don't even have to talk. You just have to be there. Also, listen to people. (laughs) Sometimes they know a little bit more than uh, you think they do.
0: Even when you're a noble and they're not
2: yeah especially when it's a scarecrow
0: especially when it's a <laughs> scarecrow yes mine is don't underestimate
3: people um throughout this whole book so many different characters were underestimating other characters for the most part it did not go well for anybody whenever uh, they underestimated anybody <laughs>
0: My second question is if you could change something about this book what would you change the one thing that kind of irritated me a little bit was
3: how easily the kidnappings went down it's like it's, it built up so much stuff about especially shan's kidnapping and then it was over in just like two seconds <laughs> like Come on, let's at least give it another, another, like, paragraph or two. Make it, make it a little bit of a fight. Seem like everything was fixed so easily. Like, uh, that kind of sucks.
2: I was going to say the first one really wasn't, though.
3: No, that one, that one was like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. Like, everybody came charging in, and they almost broke down some walls. Like, oh my goodness, don't mess with these people. They're, they're crazy. And then Shanna's just like, I've been planning months and months and months and months longer than this other guy. What did you plan? What did you plan? <laughs> you didn't plan nothing. It, it was a, a little bit annoying.
2: I'll say mine is just taking Shakurs more seriously because they just write him off a lot of the time. Daja knows better.
0: I don't know if I mentioned this. But some time ago, I was talking to our rabbi about prophets, and she said something about the gift of prophecy is now considered something given only to children and madmen. And it reminded me of the line in Cold Fire, where Goris is described as looking like a madman or a prophet. And I don't know if we ever talked about it in this book, but he really is both. Like, we don't know it then. But once we get to the will of the Empress, we learn he is both a madman and a prophet.
2: There is one other thing that I feel like it's not necessarily something I would change, but something that I feel got wrapped up a little too quickly is Jacors' recovery. There's a lot that can be compared to like mental illness when it refers to Jigors and the fact that he gets these two things and suddenly he's so much better it feels so conveniently wrapped up and I mean it might come back later we don't know even if it doesn't we don't know how the struggles have continued but it's like here you have earbuds and you have glasses and suddenly you're all fixed as as someone who suffers from a handful of mental illnesses it just a pill doesn't make it better it makes it manageable some days therapy therapy doesn't make it better it helps some days but it doesn't fix the problem and so like i don't know it feels too well tied that he's just suddenly magically better
1: it was very very quick
2: I took it as a metaphor for mental illness like I just feel like
0: well I think I've heard some people mention similar things about Gudruni because she's been through this really horrific experience and we don't really get a recovery story from her she's just kind of oh well I moved out of My the house of my husband who's been abusing me for a decade and
2: I'm good now yeah recovery doesn't work in a linear line and it's never finished especially when it comes to abuse like I still have a lot of my own shit to work through I've gotten better but it's also taken me a decade to not be so combative with men I I still am I'm still a lot more likely to get into a physical altercation with a man than I am a woman but you know, it, 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 it takes time to get there. And like, I, I am in no way shape form or saying that I am an expert on how to recover. Recovery is different for different people, but like it takes time. It takes work just because you're not in that situation anymore. It doesn't mean that you're not in that situation anymore. Your brain's still there until you learn new, new habits and new pathways open up like you you don't have the tools to fully recover until you start actually getting on that road i don't know that just it it ties it up just a little bit too neatly i feel mental illness and abuse are not clean they have rough edges they're dirty they're it's not really what i want to say that it's more like the recovery is hard and difficult and dirty and sometimes you backtrack and sometimes days are better and
0: we kind of talked about these things i feel like daja and sandry's reasons for not communicating with the others that they give at the end of the book aren't really covered until that moment we get like one or two moments like i think when they first meet lady hammer daja we get this moment from daja about how she's embarrassed about what happened in kugisko but it, we don't dwell on it the way we do with Briar and Triss. So we know the whole time why Briar and Triss aren't talking. But for Daja and Sandry, it's just kind of because it, I think it actually probably would have made the narrative stronger if we dwelt it on those a little It felt longer. just
3: kind of forced, especially at the very beginning when Sandry's like, I want to talk to all of you. And then out of nowhere at the end, it's like sandry's like i de- i wanted to shut you out because of this like, no you didn't yeah. want to shut us out well, <laughs> you, you wanted it, to talk to us this whole time you were mad that we wouldn't talk to you so there,
2: there is a point in which like speaking from someone who does push because i'm very good at pushing people away <laughs> It's one of those things of, I want to talk to you. I want to communicate. I want to learn all this stuff. You've been gone for so long. I want to know everything. But when you get pushed and pushed and pushed, eventually you're going to start pushing back. And so, like, sandries makes sense to me. Like, I don't know why we didn't explore more for Daja because Daja is just as traumatized. She might not have gone into war, but PTSD isn't strictly for soldiers. strictly for soldiers. And that's something I feel like I I do agree like that should have kind of been it should have at least been mentioned a little bit more, I feel, just because like it would make sense and it would it wouldn't make it seem so last minute edition if that makes sense
0: the other thing that I would change is again we talked about this one the way they figure out about Triss because at the end Byer's just like oh why didn't I see it except that he did because him and Daja both mentioned earlier in the book hmm I wonder if she sees things on the wind now and then at the end he's just like oh of course she sees things on the wind." As if I hadn't mentioned the possibility of that 10 chapters ago. I would have liked that ending to be a little more like, oh my gosh, it suddenly hit me. And hey, you know, this is probably a thing. Goodwin, anything you'd change?
1: I want to see Barney get embarrassed. Uh, that's probably what I miss the most. Because it just kind of ends, you know? Lady Hammer gets beat, but we don't get any... I, I guess it's kind of the theme of these books, though, right? You don't, You don't get what you want. And revenge is bad, but it would have been mm-hmm. funny to see Baronine be like, get more people to deal with, because yeah, you know when the kidnapping happened in the castle with Sandry, she got concerned family members, she got the mages, um was it the academy? Some mages the, the, guild, the, the guild, yeah, she got the guild involved too, asking like, why'd you send this guy to the dungeons? And she's like, oh, fuck off, you're you're not important enough to to actually you know care about. She
0: arrested like the head of the mages <laughs> guild or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so she was already dealing with all that, and now if word gets out that part of the magical wall was broken by, you know, these mages and Lady Hammer's lost pretty much all of her magical power, it's going to be bad for her, and I I wish we could come to see a little bit of that. who
0: was your favorite character not of the circle kids? I would say like who's your favorite new character but we all know that Indy loves Jigors and so do I. (laughs) And this is the reason like you all asked me in Cold Fire this is my reason. We know Indy just loves Jigors because they love Jigors but I love Jigors in this book.
2: Yeah my only comment on that one for favorite is Jigors obviously.
3: My favorite is Ambrose. He's just so awesome when we first see him we think he's so dry and boring and then he
0: just grows on you
2: i love him he was a very close second
0: i really like ambrose like if i picked a new new character who we hadn't seen at all then that would be my favorite he's
1: just a good
0: guy he really is he's remarkably chill which is a good thing because you need to be chill to deal with these four yeah i i want to be
3: ambrose
2: when i grow up
3: yeah. I don't know. I just That's really like the comment part. that Molly made uh, in one episode talking about Ambrose and his wife and about how he's like an accountant. She pictures how they just uh, have accounting books together <laughs> whenever he's reading numbers. <laughs> oh, it's so sexy when you read numbers. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Talk
1: nerdy to me.
3: Talk nerdy to me. <laughs>
1: Okay.
0: as usual it is nice to have a couple that are very much in love they're so cute i wish we'd gotten to see more of the kids me too goodwin
1: ambrose everyone else is kind of dookie by the end
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i i also like Gudruni a lot like i like that she stands up for herself to sandry yeah and i feel like sandry learns a lot From interacting with her.
3: I wish we would have been able to see her more. I feel like uh with her character, once her problem got resolved, she kind of just got pushed to the side, like, okay, we resolved your issue. Now you're just kind of there now. She's a little bit less of a character
0: and more of a plot point. Mm -hmm. Mm Because she's introducing this whole problem with forced marriages.
3: But my favorite line with her though is when she's talking to Jigors and said, if you don't chill, I'm going to paddle you. And I wish we would have had more of that with her. Just banter between her and Jigors would have been hilarious.
0: Let's talk about least favorite characters. Who do you really detest? Because there's some good choices here. Can we pick more than one? Sure. <laughs>
3: I'm going to have to go with both the kidnappers, both Finn and Shan.
0: They both suck. It's interesting because I always have detested Finn more. And I think it's kind of what you pointed out, Brittany, that like we get more of that kidnapping. It's much lengthier. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of forget that Shan even tries to kidnap her at the end until I I get there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I would say that about Finn. I think I would
3: have to say Shan is worse on my side. uh, Because the whole thing when she's pretending to be knocked out still, you just hear the guys argue, uh, chuckling back and forth about how, oh, you sure you can't wait three days? Ugh, gross. You guys are so gross. And him kissing her on the back of the neck. And just being like, oh, I, I'll convince her to come around. If I just tell her how beautiful she is and how great she is, and if I just kiss her, she'll, she'll just be putty in my hands and I'll just be able to do whatever I want. I'm like, no, you're gross. At least Finn didn't try to do that, all that with her. Right. He's just like,
0: I'm going to marry you. That's that. Uh, right. Shan,
3: uh, ugh, no, I think Shan's worse.
0: I think that on this read, I've kind of like changed my mind because we're doing this deep dive. Because this is where I realized, oh, like just how long Shan's been planning this. Finn goes after her, kind of because it's his job, Mm -hmm. and he wants the glory of it and everything. And so then he takes this risk, kind of knowing it's going to be a risk, but decides that it's going to be worth it and. Mm-hmm. it fucks up because he's an idiot but Shan even though he is not one of the people who's supposed to be going after Sandry basically from the moment he meets her starts putting this together plays like he really likes her and all of this and leads her on in a way that Finn and Jack don't
3: yeah um
0: and that I, like that's what makes me really dislike him. We didn't even talk about Jack with favorite characters. <laughs> I feel like we should take a moment and just talk, like just mention that Jack is such a such a good boy.
2: <laughs> I, I like Jack. I really do. I think yeah. that, like again, I, I made a comparison. He's just he's a himbo. Yeah. He's
1: yeah.
3: Just... he's he's Scott from uh, Monster Prom.
2: Dumb. <laughs> And adorable. I do wish we got a little bit more of him, too.
0: Especially once he got off his leash.
2: Yeah. But I I really, really do like Jack as a character. I
0: I want the fan fiction of Jack like coming to Emelon to visit.
2: That would be fun. You know he would. He would. Oh, yeah. And (laughs)
0: Sandry would treat him nicely because now she realizes that he's a decent person. Yeah. And him and Briar would get on, like...
2: House on fire.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: maybe they can be like, you know what? The Empress kind of shunning you. You can come over here. We'll take better care of you. Come then over he can marry here. a pretty,
0: a pretty Emilon girl. It'll be great. It'll
3: be fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. Andy Goodwin, who do you guys hate the most?
1: I gotta go with Baronine. She's the one that is allowing all of this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like For she sure. could have made real change in keeping women from getting kidnapped by herself she had it done to herself and didn't outlaw it because she was just like a woman should be self-sufficient and should be able to get out of it herself but like that's that's fucking bullshit like yeah she she was only able to do that because she was the empress is the only Mm -hmm. reason why she was able to escape and like seeing all the techniques that men have been using to get away with this and she just never put a stop to it it didn't start with her but, like, she could have stopped it. She she just chose not to. So, yeah, she's kind of the root of it right now.
0: Are you preparing to argue, Indy?
2: No, my just feels less deep now.
0: Oh, I just don't
2: like, just don't like <laughs> Quinn. Don't like him. I mean, him.
0: that's legit. I don't know. <laughs>
1: He's just, so he's just a it's fucking
0: asshole. Like
3: he's little, so little just a fucking little like <laughs> His whole <laughs> villainy with the violin is just he so has, he is
0: me. the classic villain. It's like, so you're so not supposed funny. to like
2: him. Like my like, my like, I, I don't like how cocky he is. I don't like kind of how he views the kids as a whole. And I just he had the opportunity to be a good person and then actively chose not to. Yeah. I, I do agree with like Finn is a psychopath. Like, I mean he's just and I, I don't think that's fair. Hold on. Finn is a fuck boy, can't take rejection, plans this whole kidnapping in the manner of like a week because he feels like Sandry spurned him. And so like just he's 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 a fuck boy. And then I mean we see Shan and his infinite wisdom
3: his plan that had no plan even though he planned for months he, he did
2: plan no no no. that's the thing he did plan and we do see how he planned he just didn't have all of the pieces
3: i just don't understand what he was gonna do if quinn hadn't shown up she has thread magic you know what we should do we should tie these things to her <laughs> With, with threads. <laughs> that sounds like a really great idea. We planned for months, and we decided that's what we're gonna do that with. Really, guy? Come on.
2: Well, I think he also Absolutely. thought that like it would have her out for longer, like the sleep. The true, sleeping,
3: but still, would you,
2: out for longer. You gotta and,
3: plan for bad things to happen. Like no plan is but, gonna go smoothly. He had.
2: He had a plan. He had a single a- plan. Ben's
3: plan was so much better, and he only planned for like a week. A week, and he planned for months. So like, oh my gosh, guy!
2: See, look, you can take something away from Shan, that is to have a plan B through F before you even get started, man.
3: Plan E set it on fire.
2: Plan I don't e. know how. I don't fire. know
3: how setting everything on fire is going to help kidnap Sandry, but plan <laughs> I don't know. Set it on you, fire.
0: You set the castle on fire and you take her while everyone's fighting the fire.
2: See? Look, there you go. E is for fire. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Quinn. Back to Quinn.
3: I know you hate him. Just that one scene is well, hilarious to it's me. It's
2: very funny. It's very funny. I just don't like him.
3: I feel like he's just like, Oh, you're stuck in there? Oh, oh well. Here's the underwall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just love that he goes classic villain. It's such an iconic moment. He's he literally starts monologuing.
3: Monologuing and then picks up a violin and just plays. And a violin of all instruments.
0: It's so perfect.
3: Oh good. I love it so much. So ridiculous.
2: I'm not saying it's not fun. I just don't like him.
3: (laughs) I I agree. I don't like him either, but that scene is so fun.
1: It it once again feels like that like big evil versus like small, everyday evil. That's what it feels like to me. Like Baronine is just like bad on purpose because she's not getting what she wants. And then
0: I think Baronine's really interesting character because part of the way she is who she is. We talked about this with Maura Chain. She's a woman in a man's world. And so she has had to be queen bitch or she will lose her power, Um, which we get with the whole, she sleeps around with all the guys. Nobody knows who the fathers of her daughters are. And some of the stuff she does in being queen bitch makes sense. Even the way that she is like trying to keep the kids there. The way that she entices Briar, the way that she tries to entice Triss and then asks Ishabal to curse her when that doesn't work. That is part of her being queen bitch and knowing that she has to be queen bitch. As well as the whole thing that we get from Ishabal's point of view where it's like she pretends that it takes her a lot longer to cool off than it does because she's constantly thinking about image. And that gets in her way in this book. But it makes sense that she's she's become this person. I think what's interesting is like you brought up specifically the fact that she says like women should be able to break free of their captors or they deserve to be kidnapped. I think that's interesting because historically, when we look at women like Berenine, we see two very different responses to that. And hers is one. And the other is like Ching Shi, the pirate captain who was basically like if you lay a finger on any woman without her permission I will have your dick so she could have easily been that person well maybe not easily but like likely she could have been that person and she she's not so I think she's a really interesting character to delve into I just I really like her complexity I think she's also kind of an idiot
1: yeah spoiled
0: yeah that's that's probably why so she's I mean she's a foil for Sandry because Sandry basically has to learn that she could turn into Baronine and like has to actively turn away from that which until five minutes ago is not a way I would have framed this story but like having this discussion I was like oh hey that's very clearly what's going on
1: it makes sense yeah
0: put this question in because I wasn't sure how to phrase it I was like what surprised you or what were you excited about or something basically I think I just want to say like what were your favorite parts of this book we already talked about Ken being a villain but like I know for Indy Jigors showing up was a big deal and then like we haven't touched on like Largan Rosethorn Dajan and Rizu I don't know I, I always enjoy this book because of the Daja and Rizu relationship even though it it doesn't work out in the end it's nice to see them together and then of course we get the official confirmation of larkin rose thorn
1: it's got to be for me uh the quen versus dodge and briar it was so funny
0: <laughs> so funny
3: it
1: was so funny just like Quen. you know like <laughs> i trapped him in jelly you know what? What can they do? They're 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 they have no they, these kids. You stupid kids! Y'all don't know shit. And then you know just how smug he was, and then getting knocked down a peg. And I feel like we've been missing out on get people getting knocked down a peg. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I know we had a little fight. Oh yeah, the fight scene uh between that's, again Briar and Dodge. That's literally that's what mine. I was just
3: about to say. Yeah. yeah, the fight scene with Briar and the noble guy and Dasha taking bets. So good. That is-
0: that is probably my favorite scene in this book
1: yeah so i i, I like those two kind of I, I think Briar and dodge were the standouts in this one for sure um,
0: they're a lot of fun to watch together and mm-hmm. we haven't seen like just the two of them together really much at all until this
1: book and they're just they're just savvy they just know stuff from like real life stuff and seeing them work together to to, to teach nobles a lesson like <laughs> chef's kiss it's so good
2: September 14th 2022 11 45 a.m okay I really really like Shan and I feel like I'm going to regret that yes yes I think, yes, yes Same. I think that was also same. Brittany's same.
1: reaction same. Yeah. same
2: I know the context for it but uh it says my loon how I missed you in all capitals <laughs> and then 15 minutes later it says i never put two and two together but holy shit it's so obvious now in reference to Jagors being able to see and hear shit on the wind mm-hmm. seven minutes later um i have question comments or i have comments questions and concerns <laughs> what the fuck does he mean by the dying rose thorn and it's just the friends gif of i need an answer now as much uh, as much of a snake as the Empress is, I didn't actually actively dislike her until what Gundryni said about caged birds. Because, like, I was like, oh, she's one of those people. Okay, I get it. And then when that scene came up, Gundryni saying that they were pretty much caged birds, I was like, ah, so she's just a bitch. Got it.
0: I really like the theme of caged birds that ran through this whole book. Yes. That's something I didn't notice before.
2: Of course it's Sandry and Daja who made up first.
0: Of also course.
2: Al- Alsha Daja who initiates. She's definitely the most head level headed of all of them, even with the insecurities. Underneath that is the SpongeBob GIF of the Rainbow. And it says gay. Yet <laughs> Daja. <laughs> yep. Yes. At five thirty-four, I said fucking snake i knew it shan cho- yep. shows true colors <laughs> six hours it took me less than six hours wow also i'm fucking cackling over the cocoons <laughs> yes um,
0: that was pretty nice too
2: I said ambrose is a good dude just a solid guy
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then um yay our scarecrow found a home Did I just read that in one sitting without stopping? Yes. (laughs) Do I regret not sleeping before D&D? Not in the least. That message got sent at 6.43pm. Nice. So seven and a half hours from start to
0: finish. Just didn't put it down.
2: I didn't put it 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 down. I didn't have anything else to do. I was fucking sick. I was dying. Is what I was doing. Is it that
0: when you had like strep and flu and, and COVID? Yeah. COVID.
2: I was just like, I'm dying. So if before I die, I'm going to finish this book.
3: <laughs> I thought of two more scenes that I really liked in this book. One is when Tris found out that Finn kidnapped Sandry and she's just coming down the halls and the wind. Yeah, and It's just the visual of it is just. Like she's so powerful, she's very scary in this moment. It's like, oh my goodness. And then after everything gets done in there, instead of walking back up to Berenine's waiting room or whatever, Trish is just like, Hold on to me. We're gonna Superman our way up there. <laughs> so just the visual <laughs> of them holding on to her and her doing her
0: Superman. I <laughs> <to> her. <laughs> I want that as fan art. As yeah, like me too. Superman, it was like Triss in the Superman outfit, mm-hmm. in the Superman pose, and then like Briar and Sandry clinging to her. Yes. And then Dodge or Chime is probably just like flying above them, being very excited. <laughs> yes.
3: Another one I liked was when Shan called uh, Sandry a bitch. It's like, Oh, wow. And then her just like, and if you would have known that, we wouldn't be in this mess. Like, yes, you tell him.
0: It's such a good response. So good. What other things do you want to know about or hope to see in hope to learn more about in future books?
1: If women get the right to not be kidnapped. Yeah. If Ambrose manages to successfully manage the lands he's been given. I'm assuming there wouldn't be an issue, but. Yeah, there's questions, you
3: know, I'm wanting to see if there's a huge backlash from Baronine against Ambrose after he gets all of the lands and everything, because, yeah, the money is staying in the more. But I feel like she's not going to be very happy that they're with him now instead of Sandry. So oh. is she going to tax the fuck out of him? I don't know.
0: I'm really curious to see how she handles having lost Ishabal and Ken.
3: Yeah, that too.
0: She's lost all of her right-hand people and all of her left-hand people and the four mages that she wanted to keep there. Mm -hmm. So she's at a real low and I am curious to see how she deals with that. I am
3: too. If Yan Jing doesn't overthrow her in a war, I feel like... Maybe people within her empire might try
0: to stage a coup. I don't know. Mm. It would be the beginning of the collapse of the Namoran Empire. Which I... is
3: sad for Ambrose because he just became <laughs> a count. a <laughs> the, the count up there. And like, oh, I'm the count. Oh, Namoran Empire is demolished. Damn it.
1: And I don't think he thanks, cares that much. But it's, it's all thanks but, to those four meddling uh, kids and that stupid scarecrow.
3: I don't have to it wasn't do for the meddling kids all my taxes all the time. I could just live a carefree life now.
0: What with Jay Gore's? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know. I think he would go crazy. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. Like, what, 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 what do I do?
0: <laughs> what See. does Ambrose do when there's no plowing? I also want more of Alenica back. Alenica potcrackers backstory, mm. because we hear in Cold Fire. That she used to work for the Empress and now we've met the Empress. So I want to know that whole story and how that went down from the point of view of her or like somebody at the court who knows what happened. Berenine is just not good at keeping mages.
2: No, not at all. Speaking of Berenine and her mages, I really just want to like know about Ishaval and her recovery Mm-hmm. And where she stands after, because Brittany brought up a good point of she's got to be punished somehow. And so what what does that look like? What does her recovery of like getting her magic back look like? Because we've not ever come ac- like we've we've come across when in the first quartet where they talk about what happens when you use all of your magic. We kind of get a peek at it throughout the first quartet because you've got the earthquake and they've spun all of that magic and they've done like they've done big magic and they're exhausted for days and then like when they work another big magic and bring back Rosethorn they're exhausted for days but that's the four of them so they were all sharing that burden what does Ishmael's look like when she's by herself how much did they take from her like how long is that recovery because of it and she's not young so the argument can be made that the kids pop back quicker because they were fucking 10
0: yeah
2: so like i that's that's what i would like to have seen quinn's
3: recovery process too because he also gets his magic drained.
2: fuck him he doesn't (laughs) well
3: fuck ishabal too she made Tumble downstairs.
0: That's true. Oh,
3: that is true. Wait, you know isha what? Ball is
0: a very she interesting. She decided
3: to well. do that. when she decided to tumble
0: down the stairs and break off yeah. her bones?
2: Yeah, I just forgot. like
0: Sandry decided that instead of going to the party, she wanted to lock herself into a box.
2: isha losing her power wasn't entirely her fault. Yes, she she deserves some kind of backlash, but like she actively tried to convince Berenine, don't go down this path do not do it it's not going to end well isha tried to stop at least this part of it we we don't know if she had any hesitations about cursing tris We're like we, we don't know any of that information but we do have that scene specifically of isha being like you don't need to do this we can make this work in our favor but we don't need to do this, which makes and we see throughout the book that she's very level-headed and she's very calculated. She's like five steps ahead of everybody else.
0: She is the daja to Baronine Sandry.
2: And so, like, I'm curious also of that scene where Baronine was like fix the Tris problem and exactly what that conversation entailed mm. because as little hes- headed as she was through the rest of the book I don't think she necessarily went oh yeah first thing we're gonna do we're gonna make her fall and break every bone in her body it's gonna be fine like I, I don't think that was her initial reaction to it so like I'm-, I'm curious as to that argument as well because I feel like Quinn just does it because hey I am in a position of power I can act like a dick all I want. Isha obviously is trying to protect the Empress, so like I feel like her job is out of a a misguided need to. Well, it's not misguided; it's probably been beaten into her, but of uh, just protecting her rather than her pocketbooks.
0: They seem to have a genuine friendship, which yeah. is very interesting. I'd I'd also be curious to like know that backstory, Goodwin. Anything you want to know more about?
1: Probably just how far, like, Daj's stories have gone and, like, the rest of the students, too. Because we hear Ishabal talk about Daj's stuff in Kugisko. So it makes you wonder, like, have any stories about Briar gone there or somewhere else? Like, how far have their exploits gone at this point?
0: Well, it does make sense that they'd know about Kugisko since it's the same country. Tris, I mean, all of them at this point but especially Triss, are like the stuff of legends.
1: In addition to being already like the youngest uh, accredited mages, right? From Winding Circle. I, I wonder if it's, you know, going to be a good thing if it's going to get him in, in trouble in the future.
0: So this is the part where Andy and I normally talk about how this book was different the second time around but now we finally got to the part that Indy hasn't read so I guess I'm just going to talk about what's different for me thinking about how this read was different is really interesting because this is definitely the book that I have read the most of the nine and it's my favorite so that's why it's the one I've read the most but like I think it was different just because I read it slow. There's a lot of things that like I didn't really notice before. Like the ridiculousness of Ken playing the fucking violin at Daja and Briar. And like the fact that Triss sees the Northern Lights and Gujani and Sandry's relationship. And so there's a lot of just like little details. But I think the big standout is a couple of weeks ago. I went to an online world building convention. One of the presenters was Gail Carriger who recently published a book called The Heroine's Journey and so she was talking about the heroine's journey. Incidentally, she also mentioned Tamara Pierce at some point as like a person who she liked reading and then the whole chat exploded with just like, "Oh, I love Tamara Pierce for Tamar like"
1: Tamara Pierce, oh, Tamara Pierce.
0: Yeah, it was great. <laughs> the heroine's journey is something that stands in contrast to the hero's journey. so the hero's journey you have the character goes out, goes on this quest kind of alone and kills the monster or whatever and comes back and gets all the glory but they end in this kind of isolated position. and in contrast the in the heroine's journey the character is is typically forced to set out for some reason, kind of gathers allies along the way and so at the end when they return, there's a compromise that benefits everyone involved. Instead of ending in isolation, the character in the heroine's journey ends with a group of people as part of a larger group. And that's a super, super simplified version. If you want to, in more detail, go get Gail Carriger's book. I think it's very interesting because hearing about this, I was like, that's the will of the empress. Like that is, that is the book beat by beat by beat. So much of it is about the importance of having that network. And then at the end, there's that compromise where both Baronine and Sandry have to essentially compromise, even though it's not something that like they sit down and work it out face to face. But neither of them gets everything that they've been trying to hang on to. And just talking to you guys about it, I think I think I understand more of why this is my favorite book of the series because like we started out we talked about like what's your big takeaway and we all had different answers. Mm-hmm. And we talked about like who's your least favorite character and we all had different answers. To me that just shows that there's like so much to this book. It has a lot of working parts. It's very complex. And that's what makes it so good to come back to again and again and again.
2: I think that means it's about time for predictions,
0: which is my favorite part of this
2: episode. The problem is, is we have a lot of answers already.
0: But are we correct? Probably not. I sent you guys a list of questions about predictions as well. And I sent them about the same time, so you've had the equivalent amount of time to look over those. So I'm going to give you the three words, let you muddle over them as much or a little as you so desire. And then I'll ask you about these more specific questions and see if we can flesh out the the plot of this, this book. Your three words are island, destruction, investigation.
1: Island Destruction Investigation. It's giving me CSI vibes. Like, instead of CSI, it's IDI, for Island Destruction Investigation. So it's like <laughs> our, our four students have to go discover why an island was destroyed.
3: I don't know. I don't think it has all four of the students in there. I feel like...
2: We know four of the characters that are in it. Huh? We know four characters that are in it. We do. Rosethorn, Briar, Evie, and Luvo. Are we sort sure they're in this
3: in? one? Or are Luvo they comes in into this one! I am are positive. Are in this one or Battle Magic? Because I feel sure like Battle Magic would be when they're in Yangjing.
2: I'm going to keep with this until I get it right. God damn it.
0: I feel like, like this that is was This Battle is Magic. exactly what Indy said last time. Just remember. With it's the it's exception something. of Luvo. Because they had never heard of Luvo.
2: But here's the <laughs> thing. My arguments for this is that because they are misplaced in order, there is a, a reading order and a publication order. Melting Stones usually become, comes before this book in reading order.
3: What's the reading order? Molly, what's the reading order? Tell me or I'm just going to Google it. I don't feel comfortable talking about that
0: because that's <laughs> part of one of my questions.
1: Uh...
3: I don't want to Google it. So it's the reading order. You don't have to
0: tell me anything <laughs> about who they are. No, like is. literally one of my questions is where do you guys think this story fits in the timeline? Well thought. Yeah. From, so I it's got
1: to be before this one because Luvo. Wait, I don't think Luvo's in this one. I think Luvo Luvo's with Luvo, Evie Luvo and Briar.
3: Luvo is with Evie and Briar.
2: In this book. Luvo
3: my is my prediction. Mentioned. I feel like the other two books are before will of the empress because i made a comment that this seems like a really good ending and you said we'll get back to that after we read the other books so i feel like will of the empress is the end and so the other two books are things that
2: happened before no, no will way. i think also, maybe this
1: one's the end i think i also, think melting stones is the end
2: also also thanks so. out there evie's magic is stone magic
3: I know, but the one, magic, there the next one is battle magic, and there's a battle, and there. No, no, no! Abby but battle was,
2: magic because I battle this magic refers thing. to Triss. Are
1: no, sure? y'all are trying to y'all are trying to throw true. us off. No, y'all are trying That's to throw okay. us off. Battle magic is the battle of Yangjing, which has <laughs> Briar, Rosethorn, Evie, and Luvo. I don't you're, know what this one is. Melting stones. it got a, this one's with Daja and Triss, probably. Oh because they're the ones that have to do with rocks and hot stuff.
3: I
2: I literally yes. Evie's magic is stone magic though. Now so. that you
3: <laughs> did say battle magic is Triss, I think that battle magic probably does deal with Trish, Now that you say that.
1: Uh, because I was
3: uh, I was thinking that too. I was like melting stones would be Evie, but battle magic would be a battle and they were in a war so it no, couldn't be that one the but battle magic is Triss you're
2: right every like everybody has talked about Triss and her battle magic and yeah. how good she would be at it yeah and like I'm not gonna make predictions about battle magic right here and right now no. but I feel like battle magic has to deal with the four kids having to deal with that as an option because that is something that keeps continuously being brought up with tris i don't
3: know i feel like will of the, empress is the last is... one will of the empress is the last one because of a comment molly said we'll come back to that being the end that's that's what i say
2: but again evie's magic is stone magic
3: okay i i agree with you yes this <laughs> one is about evie and Briar and Rose Thort and Luvo, whoever Luvo is.
2: Whoever the fuck Luvo is.
3: Whoever the fuck Luvo is. Who who do you think Luvo is? An imaginary friend? I don't know.
1: I think it's a dragon. We Uh, already have a dragon. No, but like a funny dragon.
2: Like
0: Mushu.
1: Yeah, like Mushu.
2: The only information we get about Luvo is that he is a strange little creature.
0: Sounds like Natalie. (laughs)
2: i am creature
0: (laughs) well my first question for you was who is this book about or who is in it you've debated quite a bit about that my my next question is where do you think this story takes place on an island uh (laughs) let me see if i can find the emelon map again
2: because there is that island island to the south
0: Mm -hmm. the big one yeah
3: I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the
0: map. I'm the map. I'm the and map, this, I'm the map. <clears throat> this is the map from the front of Sandry's book. So this is okay. a canon map.
3: Well, I'm only really seeing. Oh, never mind. I was gonna say <laughs> I only see one island, but there are so many islands.
1: It's, they call it the Pebbled Sea for a reason. A yeah, of pebbles.
0: Maybe it takes place immediately after uh, the Will of the Empress. Land. And it's no. in that island in the middle of Lake Glaze. No. Hey,
2: okay. I'm going Liar. to sit and I'm going to argue my point some more. <gasps> they were are there in. Volcanoes? Sotat. They were in Sotat, in Street Magic. And all of those islands down there in the pebbled sea.
1: The stepping stone islands, melting stones. So the islands are being melted down. Why? Pirates, pirates. Pirates keep coming Pirates up. like islands? So they wouldn't want the islands melted.
3: <laughs> Pirates like islands.
1: They do. That's where they hide their... their I mean, their yeah. Their booty. Where they hide the booty. That's where they're, they get their food and water.
0: They're melting them because they're trying to get the booty back. Um,
3: I feel like maybe the melting is volcano related.
1: Yeah, maybe someone's like setting off volcanoes.
0: Time for IDI.
1: Wait, are those called the battle islands right in the middle?
0: yes the what
1: the battle islands like right in the middle that's where battle magic takes place doesn't that's, that's that'd the be one too easy yeah no because that's that's where um Yangjing is where i think battle magic takes place right yeah hey,
2: molly i have a question i am might I have an answer am <laughs> i blind i do not see yang jing on
1: here
0: i don't see
2: it's it either
1: it's like up and to the right somewhere
2: yeah,
3: Sotat is right next to the Stepping Stone Islands.
2: It looks like the Stepping Stone Islands are <laughs> possibly part of Sotat.
1: On another map, it shows that they are part of Sotat.
2: Yeah, so it it looks like they're off of that. I will concede that it might be take place involving the Stepping Stone Islands.
1: I think it's there the little islands are blowing up and we got to find out why
2: it's and it's it's the emperor's fault the emperor being <laughs> fault somehow
1: oh my god luvo is part of the mole people and the mole people <laughs> are <in> the tunnels <laughs> under, the, under the islands they're like oh the emperor is the one that's causing this because we're mole people we know it's underground
3: but my only question with that is if they're in Sotat. White and Yanjing Yan is so far away. I, I don't under. I I don't know. They're fighting. They maybe they're trying now. to
1: get to the sea to get back to Emalon.
3: No, he wasn't at Yanjing. He
1: was somewhere w- else. Qi. Well, maybe
3: melting stones is the build up to battle magic.
1: Also an option, but give me something, Molly. Give us something. No, not that.
0: Uh, the eyebrows. I did the eyebrows. <laughs> um, the the next question I had was where in the timeline do you think it happens, which we've kind of already discussed. And then what are the stones, and why are they melting? The stones are stepping stone islands,
3: and there's volcano stuff going on.
2: See, I, I like that better than what I said because I put I, I filled them out with like little notes that might be, and I said melting castle walls, maybe.
0: What? Real life thing did Tamara Pierce predicts or foretell this time?
2: or is bad, okay. <laughs> That's my note.
3: I don't know. We always read the book to find out what she predicted. I don't know.
1: I think um, that she predicted that Vladimir Putin would keep hold of Crimea and also the Donbass and Luhansk
0: that's what i was going to suggest when indy said war is bad okay
1: yeah and so, so what you're out. telling
0: me is that this book is about ukraine
1: yeah yeah definitely 110 percent because putin's so used to getting everything that he wants but now it, it's not it's not going to go his way and it's going to lead to the ruination of the uh russian russian state soon we're going to have a bunch of oligarchs controlling little sections of russia and having fights over the steps, And then the Mongols are going to come again. And it's going to be a repeat of like the 1300s because time is a flat circle. and People don't know how to act
0: right. And the will of the Empress is actually just a person. It's Ishaba. My last question is, what movie mashup do you think this is going to be?
3: Goodwin already said that Luvo is a dragon, a funny dragon. So it's got to be Mulan. And that is also about war. So what... it's got to be Mulan. <laughs>
0: Goodwin also said CSI. So is this CSI Mulan? Mulan
3: CSI.
1: I was going to say like Muppet's Treasure Island with CSI. But, yes. You know, I'm a weirdo. So I, I
2: think I Muppet Treasure Island that. and Mulan would be good too.
1: Yeah. Muppet Treasure Mulan.
0: This is really interesting because there is a movie that I was like, oh man. This is the movie. They're totally going to call it, and you didn't call it. But I will wait until we get no.
1: to tell you. No. <laughs> ah, Give us no, a hint. What, what was dude. the movie? Well, you can tell us what was... God, I hate that movie. That movie sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, in that case, are we ready to hear an excerpt from this book? Yeah. Also, no one guessed that Investigation was going to be the name of the new animal companion?
1: There's no no way. No. No. No.
0: Because it's Luvo.
1: Yeah, is the new animal companion. Which is why I don't think Luvo's in this one.
0: Because I didn't put Luvo as the third name, third word. Mm. (laughs) Since this is a recap episode, we are going to end with an excerpt from chapter one of Melting Stones. Chapter one lost at sea. Hey, kid, stop hanging off that rail. A sailor, one of the women, was yelling at me. We've only told you a dozen times, if you fall overboard, we'll not turn back. Can you swim all the way to the battle islands? Another sailor called. If you can't, you'd best keep all of yourself on the ship. If I fall in, will I sink all the way to the bottom? I yelled back. I didn't pull myself up off the rail. If I sank, I would be lying among stones again. I would be among my own kind, with no fathoms of nasty water between me and solid earth. The sailors laughed. The salt water holds you up, wench. You'll float whilst the fishies pick at you. But my bones will sink. That's what matters, I replied. And I muttered, so I wouldn't be scolded for rudeness. I can take care of myself. I dropped until I hung from my knees, my back against the ship's hull then I stretched out my hands the choppy water was still dozens of feet beyond my reach I let my magic stream through my fingers into the sea it plunged through water and salt I strained and strained but the sea has its own magic a power that hates mine I couldn't feel the earth anywhere below me I hate traveling by ship hate it As soon as I can't feel the stone of the ocean floor with my power, I'm lost. It's like the day my mother sold me. She left me with no family and no way even to speak to my new foreign owner. Aboard a ship, when I wasn't trying to feel the approach of land, I huddled in a corner. There, I placed my own stones around me and held my friend Luvo in my lap. Luvo helps me some. He's about 18 inches tall. He has the shape of a bear made of clear, deep green and purple crystal that's been rounded and smoothed by water. His face is a gentle point, not a muzzle. He's not truly a rock, though he has the magic of a thousand stones. He is the heart of a mountain, a living creature with power for blood. So even though Luvo is a good friend and company as I travel, he can't make up for the feel of rock under me. I shouldn't have been on that ship. Dedicate Rosethorn, my guardian, was the one who had been called to Starns, one of the battle islands. They needed her to see why their trees were dying. She was packing to go when I had a problem with some rich boys who were students at Winding Circle Temple. They were bothering some of my friends. I said I would hit them with my staff if they didn't stop, and they drew swords and daggers on me. It wasn't as if I actually broke any of their bones. They were disobeying temple rules. Rosethorn told the temple council that the boys got what they deserved, and their parents could put their complaints someplace tender. But I also heard her tell Dedicate Lark, my other guardian, that she would take me to Starn, so the wealthy parents would have time to calm down. I won't have anything to do, I cried, when Lark and Rosethorn gave me the news officially. These island people want Rosethorn because their plants are dying. That's no bread and salt of mine, and I hate ship travel. Then you may partake of confinement to Discipline Cottage, Rosethorn told me. That's the punishment the council wants for you since you pounded those boys after you disarmed them. Travel to Starnes and help me find what's killing their trees or stay inside this lovely tiny home of ours. Your choice. So now I hung from the rail, stretching my magic as far as it would go and feeling lost. It's Emmy and Lubo. So. It's not a prequel. (laughs) I was very excited to hear about the first person point of view. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't see their faces while I'm reading this because I don't have a physical copy yet. This is
3: the first time she's put it in first person as well. Yeah, it is in first person.
1: Yeah.
2: And it has chapter titles. Oh, wow.
0: I was wondering if any of you were going to react to the fact that I said chapter one, Lost at Sea.
2: It -hmm. did seem a little weird, but I was like. Huh. Rather than. So, not a
0: prequel. This
3: is happening after. So, during the same time that there. At more.
1: Yeah, it's either at the same time or after. Yeah, interesting. I think it's During. Do you want me to
0: answer that question for you now?
1: Yes, it's after, isn't it? It's, it's More or less
0: simultaneously. Okay. Yeah. Which is why I didn't want to answer the question about reading order, because uh, I it would spoil a lot to be like, well, the Will of the Empress and Melting Stones can kind of be read in either order because they take place at the same time. And just as a throw out about the first person point of view, the story that I heard is that when they did the audio for street magic the girl who played evie kelly grace pierce liked her as evie so much that she wrote this book for evie that's awesome because it was released first on audio reading circle temple is produced by us molly brittany indy
1: and goodwin
3: if you like the show tell your friends about us
2: if you don't like the show tell your enemies
1: you can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
0: Find all our episodes at our new home on Acast. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
0: To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple.
3: A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon Ann Draws on Instagram.
2: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud.
1: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening.
2: Let's all have coffee next week.
0: Aw, dude! If Luvo was in this book, I could have put Luvo as as the third word. You're just trying to throw us off. I don't trust you. I'm just ignoring everything
1: Molly says from now on because I don't trust her. Good strategy.